Hello, welcome back to another episode of Zevo Talks. Today we are joined by Kira Connolly. We're going to look at the area of mental health and adolescence and how basically as adults or people within this age group, we can support them. So, so as we're going to start off and just welcome Claire on. Claire, thank you very much for joining us. Hello. Lovely to see you. <laughs> Always a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> um, I suppose, can we just start off with um, telling us a bit about yourself? I know you've been on before, but just to rejig our memories. Yeah, so my name is Kira Connolly. I'm an integrative counsellor and wellbeing specialist here at Zebo Health. Um, so just a little bit about my practice. It's quite diverse. I'm working with uh, teenagers and young adults in supporting them through uh, studies through uh, uh, kind of uh, soothing and regulating difficult emotions and talking about bullying and managing academic stress uh, really and then I'm also supporting adults and parents um, as well with self-care work-life balance and supporting their loved ones too so basically the way that I work is is that um, my therapeutic models are grounded in the humanistic approach so basically what that means is is that when I meet an individual depending on what they bring to the session we then build the therapy model around them rather than having a model ready to go and then meeting the client and, and working in that kind of structured way so I truly believe that there's no one size fits all when it comes to therapy and self-care. And it's really about uh, getting to know one another, getting to know yourself and developing a model uh, from that. So it's great to be here again and chatting with you, Michelle. Thank you very much for having me today. Um, I think we might just start off by like having a little look at what exactly mm-hmm. is teen mental health? How is it different from even childhood mental health or adult mental health what's kind of the differentiation factors there yeah sure so I suppose that like it is important that we consider that mental health you know mental health is is mental health you know we I would believe that there's there's seven different um seven different factors that contribute to to our well-being so you have like your your physical your social your financial your intellectual um and on and your environment all the rest of it as well but obviously with age you know it's going to vary a little bit maybe the different um influential factors and protective factors might differ so for example you know depression in an adolescent and depression in an adult they probably feel the, the same however they might present differently okay so an adult may be able to articulate themselves a lot better maybe they've, they've had experience with it before or they might have um a more clear sign of where they can go around this so they can say okay I'm going to go to my GP I'm going to go to a counsellor or something like that but then when we're talking about uh, the mental health of the young people uh, in this country they might not have the tools and the coping skills to to deal with the emotional experience of let's say anxiety and, and depression but also as well um, I'm sure we can both reflect back to our times being teenagers it's quite <laughs> turbulent <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole lot of stuff going on you know we think of uh you know even our education system it's quite intense you know i mm-hmm. uh, you've got huge expectations there you're studying so many different different topics lots and lots of homework i can remember doing homework for hours even after when i when i'd come home and then you've got your family you've got friends you've got your extracurricular activities that you want to be doing so with age just comes different problems okay there's different expectations there and um, so that's going to require different coping skills um and when you're an adolescent team we're kind of in the trial and error phase really trying to get learn learn different different skills different things so um it's important that uh, our relationships also change when as we get older so if we think about um 
childhood our relationships with our parents and our family that evolves for sure in our adolescence we're kind of fighting for this in independence but yet we still need the support of of our loved ones and then and when we go to adulthood sure we can reflect back again <laughs> kind of stepping out going to college maybe moving out home that's you know there's a whole new set of fears there as well so because you know the whole reason we have those kind of labels childhood adolescent young adults and adulthood is because we know that when we're talking about those different sections we kind of have an idea of uh different uh challenges and skills that are that are kind of represented by that term so when it comes to kind of in short then to answer <laughs> answer your question it absolutely it absolutely does change and vary because the life experience varies expectations uh, are gonna are gonna vary and uh, the importance of our relationships are going to change too mm -hmm. I thought of something you said before we actually started the recording, we were chatting yesterday, mm. um, that I thought was very interesting was basically like teen mental health or adolescent, adolescent mental health, should I say, whatever way you look at it, it's quite a broad range. It's not exactly teen, it's not 13 to 18 or 12 to 20 yeah. or that sort of thing. It can go to 25. And like yeah. as you just said there, like there is such a pressure on younger like teens up to kind of mid-20s to kind mm -hmm. of you need to have it figured out and you need to have a general direction and I don't know about you but when I was I don't know when I was mid-teens early 20s I didn't know there is yeah. a lot of pressure put on everyone and even that kind of it's not there's not a cut-off point to what time you what stage or what age you do need to have things figured out by yeah and that's really important um yeah we touched on this a little bit yesterday so in a sense that you you know let's say we start school let's say we go into like secondary school around like 12 okay mm. so we're we're seeing that huge change straight away coming from primary school yeah. then into in secondary school but uh as you said it doesn't stop when you turn 18. it's not yeah. like you go oh okay i'm an adult now all my problems are solved no we get dealt a whole new deck of yeah. different challenges and, and problems and it's and it's really important that when we talk about kind of adolescence and teens i don't like putting huge like numbers on it being like okay adolescence yeah. stops at, 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 at 18 you know we know that these um permanent times continue the whole way uh as we're evolving in into adults and uh, we can see a lot with kind of community-based services thankfully here in Ireland such as Jigsaw that they are very inclusive of of that age range supporting people from the ages of 12 all the way up to up to 25 so it's super important for any um teenagers or young adults listening today or even parents uh listening that we constantly need support you know we all need we all need uh, those people to to rely on and we'll get we'll talk about that a little bit a little bit later but it is it's really important that we that we recognize that once we finish school uh you know we don't need to have anything figured out we should want to uh, explore things for ourselves to find uh you know um let's say an occupation that's going to allow us to love our job and also give us that financial benefit to have the things that we want to have as well but to be mindful of the expectations that are definitely putting us from school from society and just kind of sitting with them and being like okay is this my expectation for myself do I want this or is this everyone else telling me that that I that I need it but yeah for sure this continues the whole way through life but it's definitely probably the most intense kind of all the way up to like our, our late 20s early 30s for sure yeah that's um good news and bad news I suppose <laughs> <laughs> I suppose like if you think about it like we weren't at that stage too long ago without giving yeah. away too much um and even in the last 10-15 years the struggles that people that are like 
beautifully my joke um yeah. are like it's a completely different set of issues mm-hmm. well maybe not completely but there's a lot of different things that younger people would deal with now that we didn't have to deal with like I remember when we or when I was in school I think like Instagram the monster that it is today I only got that when I finished secondary school yeah so like yeah. I obviously there was a different set of issues and struggles and whatever but I can't imagine if you had to turn that into the mix just the yeah. world is evolving and everything's changing every day and every year and there's just so many different things like what would you say are the factors facing and stressing out teens and adolescents yeah well as you as you said it's kind of hard to really pinpoint it exactly because it is changing so much I'm the eldest of four and sometimes I see what my youngest uh, siblings doing and I'm like that you're doing what now what happened like <laughs> you know I'm like I'm too young to not be able to follow to keep up keep up with them but it is it's changing super super fast so when it comes to kind of looking at okay what what are the main issues that teens are facing today one of my favorite surveys or that I've been done so far are the my world survey so you have my world survey one which is on 2012 14 I believe and then then we had a second survey which delved into it a little bit um, a little bit deeper and had a bit more of a broader scope and we're definitely ready for my world survey three you know it'll be fantastic <laughs> to see to see what comes next um but but yeah, so what we're seeing at the moment is, I kind of might touch this before, is that the academic stress, exams, homework, that is that is um, a really, really high stress factor that we're seeing for teens um, at the moment, concerns about the future as well, which I suppose when you hear the first one, it doesn't sound too surprising that, uh, you know, that would kind of come naturally because why are we doing the exams? Probably for the CAO and different uh, courses and, you know, to have... Um, to have the, uh, the 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 finances to build whatever the life uh, we want is finance. Actually, interestingly enough, for for me when I first remember reading this, the finances was quite um, stressful for the young people of Ireland today. Finances with regards to okay, I want to do all these things. Do I have the money to do it? But also finances with regards to we're living in a cost of living crisis and that's impacting the family and the family structures. And, you know, teens, they're aware of this. They they hear they hear of this as well. So they also have concerns about the stability of, the, of their family and maybe concerns for their siblings or family members as well with regards to finances. Body image. Body image is one um, that, that comes up and is talked about um, a lot. Thankfully, with the, with the work that this study has done, it really did gear a lot of supports. Um, so we're seeing a lot of kind of workshops and trainings being done in schools with regards to some of the um some of the issues that I mentioned in here today. Bullying. Bullying is something that was there. I remember even when I was in school, there was huge initiatives around raising awareness around bullying and kind behaviour and unkind behaviour and what to do if you, you know, see someone who is being uh, is being bullied, how to support one another. Um, so relationships um, are going to be huge for, for teenagers, you know, the success of relationships, the failure of relationships, bullying, and that also extends to their family as well. So not just their friends uh, in school, their family feeling that support and love when they when they come home and how their family are doing as well. Remember, who we surround ourselves with is going to influence how we feel. And if we know or, or can recognise someone else is struggling, that may have an impact on, on us as well, of how we're feeling. So these are the probably the most popular issues um that are that the teens are that the teens sorry <laughs> that teenagers are experiencing today and some of the kind of um 
some of the statistics from uh, my world survey too um that kind of jumped out out at me and i thought would be really great to mention just to try and add to I want to talk a little bit about stigma later on um, in, in the podcast, but just to kind of get a grasp on what teenage mental health is and how it is affecting the younger population in Ireland is that the survey found that 40% um, of levels of depression from the survey were outside of the normal range. 49% uh, of the levels of anxiety were outside of the normal normal range of the people who participated in the study. So we're seeing really, we're seeing quite high levels of depression and anxiety in these uh, in these young people. Um, interestingly enough, we found that, uh, we found, sorry, I wish I was a part of that study, but uh, 96% of the participants had social media profiles. And as we were saying there, like social media blew up when we were kind of in school and stuff like that. Um, and interestingly, with that, this research found that two thirds of that 96 percent spent more than two hours a day on their phone. But the remaining four percent, they actually um, sorry, the remaining third, they had spent less than two hours on their on their phone. And this was linked to lower levels of depression and anxiety. So they didn't have, uh, you know, they were within that normal range. But interestingly, they had lower support from friend from friends sorry, lower support from friends and uh, a lower perceived of support focused coping. So isn't that very interesting? Because we often see the phone painted as the bad guy. And obviously, I think we've spoken about this before in a couple of episodes back, the impact on, of social media on, on our wellness and with regards to self-care. But also it serves so many so many positives as well and we find those who spent a little bit less found that the connection and the support from their friends was that was that little bit lower so i'm curious you know it's it it's all about kind of finding this this balance for the teenagers in ireland today but with everything else that they're having to do this is just one more <laughs> one more thing that we can figure out but thankfully you know with the support of of parents doctors psychiatrists psychologists gps uh, our family as well hopefully hopefully today at the end of the podcast we have some idea of how we can actually achieve achieve that balance or support adolescents and actually cultivating that for themselves i suppose Kira, interesting there is like the chat and the use of the phone like mm. so often the phone is like it's painted with the most negative brush yeah. and it's very much like you know reduce this reduce that and whatever but like I think we all know as well there's so many different positive ways that we can all use our phone and let's face it everyone has a phone so it's yeah it, it does seem a bit a bit silly almost to just paint it with the the mm. negative brush like I know for myself now I'm a I am bad and I hold my hand up. I do spend too much time on social media, but I also use it for positive things. Like yeah. I use it every day for even just basic stuff. Spotify. Mm -hmm. I'll go out and I'll listen to a podcast for an hour while I'm walking. Like technically yeah. I'm using my phone there. I'll use it for a meditation app. Yeah, technically yeah. I'm using my phone. That's positive. That's adding to my overall well-being. Yeah. Like it is very easy to just automatically, mm. the phone is negative. But... Like also the connection, the last few years we've been through and like right now the two of us are chatting over teams. Yeah. We're not sitting together. Yeah. Like the connection a phone can give to people that 
might not see each other from one end of the month to the other. Well, I suppose the key thing is there is that you're you're able to tell me all the positive things that you do with with your phone and it allows you access to so so many so many things. And then I suppose that really is the key point. It's how we're accessing the phone, how we're utilizing it. And when we are, you know, on certain applications and apps, how does it make me feel? Yeah. And uh how are we talking to ourselves while we're using them? So what 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 this kind of study really showed us was the fact that okay 96 percent had had phones uh, had social media that's absolutely fine but two-thirds were spending um two-thirds were spending more than two hours a day on on those social media apps and they were they were having um higher levels of anxiety and and depression and the ones who were spending less time on the phone they had less of the anxiety and depression but also they found that their connection and the perceived kind of strength of their social support was was less so what we want to be having a look at here really is it's not really much the time it's not really you know whether you know social media is bad or good because a lot of the time I know that parents will take the phones away and as you said, it's it's a source of connection. It's a source yeah. of catching up with people after the day of school and bonding and also researching. And we find so much interesting stuff online. And uh, also for the laughs, you know, there's <laughs> there's some really funny things on online too that can give us a sense of joy when we need it, you know, um, when we're taking a break from study and whatnot. But anyways, go back to the point is when we're on social media, we want to be mindful of those comparison behaviours. We want to be mindful of the phone, being able to connect people anywhere in the world, as you said, but it's for kind talk, it's for positive talk and it's not for for, for bullying or, or for judgment. So really what, what we want to do is for people to have a healthy connection with with social media and with their phones, allow them the freedom to use it as, as you know, to, to research the, you know, those interests and to talk to who they do, do they want to, but for it to be safe, which can be really, really difficult because one of the things uh, adolescents really want is that independence, the choice to make their own decisions. So how do we as, you know, um, as parents say, or for myself as a big sister or a cousin or an aunt, how do I help them to make the right, the right decisions? And really it's through open, it's through that open discussion and showing the positive and negative sides of social media. And, you know, trying best to have a balance. If we're spending, you know, so much time on our phone, we still want to make sure that we have the time to do the other things that we enjoy, such as, you know, look after our hygiene, see our family, visit our friends and do those extra extracurricular activities. So, yeah, it's really about how we're using the phone. That's what's going to impact the way that we feel. Absolutely. We mm. had someone on the podcast a while ago, and I can't remember him for the life of me, but there was one thing and it was very much like which is kind of I suppose someone maybe at the adolescent stage might enjoy but at the end of the day we're in control of how we use our phone what we follow what we engage with like the likes of I'm just going to use Instagram for example here and I know there's obviously other networks that we're probably too old to understand (laughs) (laughs) but Instagram you can follow people that you don't like and you can give out about them but why are you like why would you want that follow pages that like to say oh, I like following yeah. like a lot of like pages that put up like nice stuff about well-being about dogs about food about different stuff yeah. going on around Dublin that I can go to and stuff like that different restaurants stuff that will like basically at the end of the day will give me some pleasure and enjoyment yeah so it's just kind sure. of about like taking the step back and how do I actually want to use this yeah because I think we'd all find it very very hard to all of a sudden not 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's like when we see statistics like this, you know, you can, we can really just say, you know, oh, two thirds had high levels of anxiety, depression throughout, throughout the phones, you know, that that's kind of it, but we have to keep reading and see, oh, okay. So there was also, uh, also positives, positive to us, but yeah, curate a feed that makes you feel good. If you notice that there are people that aren't making you feel good, hide their profiles. If you can block them, remove them from that from that follow list you know even the likes of like tiktoks and stuff like that you can if um like uh ads even or videos come up you can hold it down and say i'm not interested in this and provide that feedback you know there's an algorithm there for a reason we can actually tap into that algorithm to help our mental health but unfortunately if we're engaging with the wrong things it can actually have have the opposite effect so it is it's all about using social media mindfully and then helping teens to have those tools and that information so they can make that decision for themselves as they grow older and have hopefully have a positive relationship with social media and the internet and all the wonderful things that it has to offer. Zevo is a fully integrated workplace wellbeing provider. We understand that every company has different goals, needs and characteristics. Our team of psychologists, performance nutritionists and experts in the field of physical health conduct in-depth research and thereafter develop and tailor strategic corporate well-being programs based on the outcome for each organization. Our health and well-being technology helps take the pulse of your employees' well-being needs and promote positive engagement in your organization's well-being programs, encouraging them to move, nourish and inspire. Our broad range of services, available both online and on-site, are designed to improve employees' overall well-being and increase engagement within the workplace. We aim to create the healthiest workplace across the globe to ensure that your most important assets, your employees, are energised and thriving. Contact us today to start your workplace well-being journey. www.zevohealth.com And, you know, even with, with, you know, we're kind of talking about the importance of open conversation and stuff the support that adolescents receive is is so helpful so the my world 2 survey it surveyed just under ten and a half thousand people from the ages of 12 to 19 in irish schools like that's a huge study considering what our population would have been like four million back then you know mm-hmm. so um it was it was absolutely fantastic um and we found that you know the family and friends and this what what my world's survey one found was that the the positive impact of having one good adult okay so 76 percent of people say that they have an adult that they can turn to um and they this person is you know available to them and they're more um available to them for like advice and just to talk to them without that piece of judgment those people um did present themselves in the normal range of anxiety and and depression. So having that support that you can turn to when you feel that you can speak openly and freely, that is worth its weight in gold. Because think, you know, when we think about everything we went through as as teenagers, all the different questions here in terms that we haven't heard before. No, it's it's a very, very confusing time. So having a soundboard that you can kind of air this stuff out to is so, so important. Um, other things that really help um are the things that really help and that's important for teenagers and I'm sure anyone teenagers have heard this from their parents and parents have heard this from the likes of 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 myself but sleep sleep is so important it's important to us at all ages at all ages but it's something that adolescents um 
seem to kind of struggle with. Uh, 53% had quite low sleep hygiene. So this is going to have an impact on your physical and, and your, your mental uh, well-being. It can also contribute to the stress that we're having at school as well, because we're not coming in with enough fuel in the tank, essentially, for a very, very difficult day. Um, but thankfully that we actually see that's that uh, young adults, so this is between the kind of the 19 to 25 year olds, that uh, this does improve and about 62% showed that they had quite good um, good hygiene. So we can, if we can support teens in, in learning about the importance of sleep and trying to help them to establish a routine where they can get everything done that they want to in the day, but still get that kind of eight to nine hours sleep, that would be absolutely fantastic. Again, as always, exercise is super important. It's linked to improved well-being. And then also having fun, making sure that it's time for the extracurricular activities, especially, you know, when you're in school and you're dealing with all of these stresses, I'm going through this kind of ever-changing phase in our lives. Sometimes it can feel like the end of the world <laughs> and it can feel also consuming. So, you know, it's important that we're that we're encouraging teens to take breaks and we're a kind of creating routine for them to allow them to have have breaks. The expectations that we have for them aren't going to be consuming and overwhelming for them, that they are realistic and they do kind of fit within within their own needs. So Kira, you mentioned some kind of misconceptions surrounding teenage behaviour mm. for like with people that I don't know, they might have had children older, so like they're kind of their own experience doesn't seem as relevant to yeah. you know, that kind of something happened twenty years ago. I remember when I was a kid even and um, my mom would used to talk or I think it was our interest cert or something, which for us was the junior cert. Yeah. But you're, I was kind of like, oh my God, that's a million years. It just, it didn't seem relevant. So I suppose yeah. like having that kind of like understanding between mm-hmm. and understanding different misconceptions and just where the behaviour and where that coming from really. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, yeah, exactly. So like the school system has changed so, so much. Like even I hear like, say like some of my cousins talking about they got H2s and H3s and I'm like H what's oh, yeah. an exam yeah, from like... my head that sounds like a boss number <laughs> <laughs> so it is you know like when we think about education it's com- it's completely it's completely changed but also society is changing all of the time there's different trends different values always I uh, kind of being I uh, prompted at us but also as well let's we're talking about mental health today mental health has changed our conversations around mental health has changed and that's probably like one of the biggest ones especially when we're thinking of teens mental health and one of the things I've talked about today is the, that one good adult and exactly what that is is having that one person that teens can turn to and that being really really supportive for their for their mental health um but the attitudes towards mental health across you know the different age ranges in society today it differs so one of the biggest misconceptions that um, I have experienced and what we see kind of published a lot of the time is that belief that teenagers don't have anything to be depressed about. It's just moodiness. Now, of course, moods, they're real. They do fluctuate. There's a lot of huge hormonal changes that are going on and there's a huge lot of stress with the transition period that they're going through. So obviously they're going to feel overwhelmed from from time to time going through that uh, transition from like childhood to teenager to, to adult, you know, for being dependent, independent and fighting for that independence when the parents are like, no, you're not just an adult just yet, you know. <laughs> so it's that that is that is true. There is going to be moodiness there. OK, but mood they're called mood swings for a reason they swing they come and they go whereas if you're noticing uh, the same kind of mood over a period of two weeks it is it is possible that they could be experiencing a period of anxiety or depression or there is something significant happening in their life that is having an impact on their mood at this point we need to check in they absolutely 
do have a lot of things going on that are going to have a significant influence on their mental health and sometimes they need the additional support to find the co- the, the coping skills and the tools to um, deal with that. Um, another one that um, maybe from maybe from either from uh, kind of older generations or people who aren't very uh, sure about mental health is that they perceive mental health to be violent and adolescents with mental health issues can can be something to be afraid of. Now, there are some mental health issues that uh, can cause us to be violent or or uh, have violent behaviours, but not all of them. Like we shouldn't be afraid of anxiety and depression. Remember, these are moods. We all experience uh, feelings of uh, of anxiety, uh, feelings of uh, anxiety, like feeling anxious or maybe a little bit panicked or afraid of something. Uh, and we all feel sad from time time to time. You know, there's sometimes we believe that, uh, you know, what an, a, an adult is feeling is different to what a child is feeling. Remember, I was saying that they often kind of feel the same, but the way that an adult can communicate it and a, and a teenager communicate, that's where the difference can be. So even though uh, behaviours can seem kind of qu- quite erratic or, you know, maybe they're, they're, ang- they're angry and we have have the mood swings, that is communication there, that something, uh, something isn't feeling good, something isn't right. Um, another one is that parents are the cause. Yeah, one thing I've spoken about the whole way through this podcast is being a one good adult, parents having these open conversations, people around the the teens having these open conversations. And I hope, you know, it's really important at this point, we just pause for a second and recognise that parents have their own lives and their own responsibilities. They have to look after themselves as well, parents, self-care and anyone who is a carer of a teenager or loves a teenager and knows a teenager, you know, there is that... um, we sometimes we do feel that that pressure that's there it's really important that you care for yourself um and often you might feel might hear comments or remarks past that all the the parents cause that or or parents feeling it's my fault now Mm -hmm. early traumatic experiences can trigger the onset of mental health issues but a lot of the time it's genetics it's environmental and has absolutely nothing to do with the parents okay so um if you are listening here here today don't forget that as much as it is important to look after the teens and the young people that we have in our life that we love so much it is super super important for you to look after yourself and it can be difficult you know living and dealing and watching someone go through this really difficult transition if you would like to talk to someone please reach out to the gp reach out to the counselor being a parent is one of the hardest jobs in the world and then you have people with multiple children as well so do do look after yourself okay um, and talking about looking after ourselves, there's also the misconception that um, teenagers can't be diagnosed with mental health um, issues or diagnoses um, at this early stage in their life. So this can be true for for some mental health uh, illnesses. They are diagnosed um, at adolescence, but for the likes of anxiety and depression, the two that we've mainly really kind of spoken about today, these absolutely can be diagnosed at young age. Uh, more often than not, they actually present, mental health issues present themselves in our younger, earlier phases of, of life. So if you are noticing these changes within the children and the uh, young uh, young adults around you, please encourage them to go to the GP. Um, sometimes we hear that medication isn't needed, but it absolutely uh, can be beneficial. Just as it's beneficial to adults, it can be uh, beneficial for adolescents too. But again, go to the GP and they'll be able to um, to help you help you with that. That's really, really important that we keep uh, in touch with that primary care service. Um, I suppose then we might have a quick look at basically just like the whole kind of area of reframing our idea about teenage mental health. As yeah. you said, like it can be 
I don't know, it can be very easy for people to close their eyes to heaven, that sort of thing. Whereas we yeah. actually, it is important to take it seriously, look out for the signs and kind of if it does arise, deal yeah. with it properly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I suppose now is a really good time to just touch base on what I, I've been using the phrase one good adult to really just hone down on exactly what, what that is. So it's all about you know, with teenage mental health, we want to be having these open conversations with uh, the parents, the aunts and uncles, everyone about mental health and how it can affect ourselves, but also the teenagers around us. Uh, we want to be addressing that, that stigma. And it's through conversations like we're having today through psychoeducation that we'll be able to uh, address those boundaries that are there and those misconceptions that we spoke about there just a few minutes ago. Remember to link in with your GP if you are concerned. OK, GP is fantastic. Um, and later on, just as we're closing, I'll give some more suggestions of some helpful uh, resources for everyone who's listening. But, you know, the GP, if we're not, if you're not sure of exactly what to do, that's absolutely fine. You can always link in there and get some really good advice. Encourage good sleep hygiene and uh, support the formation of, of friendships as well. You know, we talked about the phone a little bit today and there's that fear mongering for sure that I see coming through being like, OK, phone, internet, it's all bad. Let's take it away. But it is super important and integrated into uh, society today. So we want to help to cultivate and allow the formation of really strong, positive relationships with social media that's there and um jigsaw do um some fantastic workshops that people can uh, have a have a look at a little later if they'd like to just on their on their website um if they want to learn more about social media there's also loads of community-based uh, workshops that go on there as well um and again it's really important to take breaks to take breaks for fun to take breaks during study you know we want to be managing the fatigue and everything else that comes up but when it comes to being that one good adult being that one person that teenagers can and come back to listening is so important that you have that skill to listen to uh to the the teenager who's coming to confide on you you're going to help them find solutions to their problems we're not jumping in or telling them what to do we're working collaboratively with them you know we're almost showing them the way of how to reach a positive uh, solution accepting the young people for who they are it is you know this is a non-judgmental space that, that a one good adult provides for them that is why the the teenager will come back again for future advice as well and um, challenge them to push their boundaries a little bit open their minds you know this is their first time where we've, we might have experienced this mm -hmm. before whereas for them it's their first time so you know we want to think about how it felt for us at that time and what was helpful to us when we lent on someone for support there um you know we want to um help them you know be organized learn those organizational skills not putting those huge expectations on them be like hey you need to do this isn't this teach them show them and plan trips away plan that fun for them keep an eye on on their uh on their routine you know check in with them essentially check in mm. with them like just being there is enough sometimes a lot of the times they don't want a solution you know always ask you know hey, do you want my help on this sometimes listening is just enough but what we have found or and what research is, is showing us is that not having a one good adult was linked to higher levels of distress, antisocial behaviour and increased uh, behaviour for suicide, uh, suicidal behaviours as well. But having that one good adult was linked to higher esteem, success in school, positive mental health, and they're more likely to seek help. And that is going to have a huge reduction on those risk taking behaviours as well. So it's, you know, if anyone wants to learn a little bit more, more about this, you know, I strongly recommend you guys uh, going on to the My World Survey uh, 2.ie. The um, website there is absolutely fantastic. Um, 
looking at jigsaw for for some different workshops on support adolescent and young adults mental health and also there's some self-care there for parents as well you can visit the gp um your counselor your psychologist spawnout.ie is a fantastic youth information website as well which has all of the resources that i'm mentioning today and remember that um community-based um support there by jigsaw is inclusive of 12 all the way up to 25 super super important for everyone to know that it's a free counseling service but in short guys who can be a good adult absolutely anyone you could be a neighbor a teacher a parent a cousin the key is is to be available reliable listen and show empathy so we're understanding their experience without judgment and no rolling of the eyes no tossing or general disapproval we want to be mindful of this we're creating that safe space where they have our full attention we're not rushing them we're listening listening to them and then asking would you like me to offer some advice or do you want to hash this out together? Let's see, can we come up with a solution here? But yeah, thank you so much for, for having me, Michelle. I think we'll we'll probably stop here before it gets super, super over overwhelming. <laughs> but um, but uh, did was there any more final questions that you had for me or anything like that before before we end? Kira, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great, it's fantastic, it's fantastic. I can't wait to be on again. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to have you and thank you very much to the listeners for listening to another episode to Zelo Talks and we look forward to welcoming you again next time <laughs>